Smartcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. There's a change happening in the way we live, the way we work, the way we spend our money and make our decisions. We are evolving to be more conscious in our actions in a way that serves the world and makes it a better place. Welcome to The Ethical Evolution. The Ethical Evolution podcast is brought to you by Ethical Change Agency. I'm Bindi. I'm the founder, and my mission is to help ethical entrepreneurs and holistic healers to find their voice through spiritual coaching and podcasting. I'm honored to bring you the stories of those who create change through healing, kindness, innovation, purpose, and spirit. Understanding that to create collective change, we need to be the change. It all begins with us. Peter Anthony is an author, speaker, and master in professional communication. As an expert in collaboration, Peter has run workshops for thousands of people in 12 countries over 20 years. He consults Fortune 500 companies to help them achieve better, smarter outcomes from more effective internal and external relationships. His book, Collaboradabra, highlights the six moments that matter to maximise collaborative outcomes, one conversation at a time. As communications experts, Peter and I were completely on the same page when it came to deconstructing conscious, connected, collaborative conversations that matter. Welcome, Peter, to The Ethical Evolution. Thank you, Bindi. Hello, listeners. Now, um, I'm so excited to chat with you. You and I have been chatting offline for quite a while now, um, but we're here together and, you know, I've finally decided to capture some of our conversation for people because uh, I think there's some gold for us to uncover here. But uh, for people who don't know who you are, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Uh, Thanks, Bindi. Well, um, I'm Peter Anthony, as Bindi just mentioned. I've spent uh, the last 20 years studying collaboration and working in the collaboration space, specifically collaborative conversations and building collaborative cultures and organisations. I've written a book on this and I've done a master's uh, at Sydney University in Australia uh, on communication and specifically uh, how to use collaborative communication to uh, help people achieve outcomes they couldn't otherwise achieve. So that's my mission. That's what I love. It's a very narrow niche. But it's uh, it's one I continue to to love. I've worked in twelve different countries over twenty years in almost every corporate environment you can think of, uh, and I'm still going strong. And that's amazing. And you know, um, like I've said to you previously, Pete. You know, like one of the things that drew me to you is that you know we have very similar paths in that. You know, we're trying to bring people in on conscious and collaborative conversations that are very connected. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole mission of this podcast. You know, when we have a conversation, it's not just on the surface level. Uh, we are getting below the surface. We're having those deeper conversations that are meaningful 
and connected. Um, and, and we're curious and we're getting in there and we're learning about each other. Um, and, and this is a lot about what you do as well. Uh, and, yeah. and this is how you're helping people actually reach their goals and, and actually be better leaders and be better at what they do, right? Exactly, be better leaders. And also to, uh, to have the conversations a lot of people are avoiding, mm. uh, particularly at work. Uh, and uh, one of the things I like to work on is is real conversations in, with, real, with real leaders in real environments. And uh, whether that's coaching one-on-one or by doing it in workshops, like we'll we'll look at some of these techniques and some of these moments that matter and we'll apply them directly to their conversations. And I'll ask people, look, bring a challenging conversation to the room. Like bring, bring one that you're that you, you find challenging, whether it's a challenging topic or a challenging style of person uh, or a, a challenging environment that you really don't feel comfortable in. And what I find is that most, I'd say the majority of people, avoid the conversation and they delay it until mm. the delay itself starts becoming problematic. And particularly at a leadership level, leaders need to be really good at doing this and having uh, being famous for being a collaborator and getting the results that we know collaboration can give all of us. Mm. So uh, as, as a leader, you know, you know, I've been talking offline about the kind of work that I do. As a leader, I know I've faced some pretty challenging conversations that I've gone, mm, this is one of those ones I've really got to get myself prepared for. Um, what are the yeah. kind of steps that you would give to a leader when they have to step into that conversation with someone that they really don't want to face? Okay. I think well, I think well, there's a couple of intentions uh, we need to decide on or commit to before the conversation starts. That's a, that's an intention to be collaborative as we've been talking and make that very public, make that very obvious, mm. uh, and in, uh, intention to be authentic uh, as a leader and be the, be the leader that generates the followership that only you can rather than cloning somebody else or following mm. a textbook. And also uh, being uh, being optimistic in an environment because we know all the research is, is telling us that the more optimistic leaders tend to generate more followership. I don't mean being crazy optimist, mm. but for, from the within the range within the range of possibilities for particular outcomes, you're looking at looking at the the more optimistic end of those potential outcomes. And uh, what the research is telling us is that the more optimistic leaders generate more of that followership. So you have those intentions to start. That's that's the person I am. I'm, I'm authentic, I'm optimistic, and I, I want to be famous as a collaborator. And I want to make that that uh, that public knowledge. I want that to be to be shared and uh, to be part of the culture that I want to generate in my department, my team, my group, my organization. Then when we get to the conversation level, we've got to understand that the conversations are the the essence of a relationship. Uh, If you think about having a good relationship with your colleagues, whether they're working for you or they're working alongside you or they're they're more senior to you in an organisation, you've got to understand those conversations are the fabric of the relationship Mm -hmm. and a great relationship is made up with some great conversations. And you can, you, I think your listeners can think, well, if I think of the, the, the relationships I really enjoy with people, they're relationships where I have great conversations, mm. uh, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship or a working relationship. They, oh, I really love talking to this person. I'm not talking at them or telling them things, but sharing a conversation with them. It's something I really enjoy. Uh, so we, we, we're committing to that. We're committing to that as a really core uh, skill and a core discipline to focus on. Then we start thinking about steps. Right, but we've got to get that mindset mm. right first. Otherwise, it's like very robotic. Yeah. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you've asked that question because uh, the most latest Pew research coming out of the US says that we've never been less likely to change our minds as a result of talking with somebody. And the Apple research since 2006, they've been looking at a number of a number of conversations we had just by way of phone calls, and it's been consistently uh, falling uh, in both number and duration mm-hmm. until the average now is about 22 seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess you can, uh, your listeners can think, well, if they look at their mobile phone, I'm sure it's within reach. I'm sure it's mm-hmm. very close to them. Yeah, <laughs> but I like it being too far away. And think about, well, how often do I use this to talk to people as compared to everything else? And you're probably using it 10% to make yeah. conversations, have conversations. Phones so are not for conversations anymore. <laughs> We're having less conversations, yeah. There used to be a song about that. You know, it's so funny, we don't talk anymore. Yeah. Uh, but we don't talk anymore. <laughs> we don't talk anymore yeah. to each other. And it's it's a really it's a really core skill. And if we're keen to collaborate, it, it needs to have a conversation as the vehicle for the collaboration to take place. Mm. So it's 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 a decision to say, hey, I'm, I'm going to have more conversations in my workplace as a leader, and I'm going to deliberately, I'm going to set myself a goal to say tomorrow I'm going to have two more conversations than I normally would have, or next and the following day three more, then four more, then five more, and pick a number, and, and have more of those one-on-one relationships. Uh, I haven't even given you the steps yet. I'm just, <laughs> I got on my soapbox about this. And, and the really curious thing too, we were just talking before the, the, the podcast began about workplaces and about psychometrics. Mm. And the really curious thing is that uh, there's a lot of uh, people since COVID, uh, a lot of us are more introverted mm. than we were pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about communicating to an introvert, they don't like, they'll often won't speak up in a group. Mm. They won't share something in the team. Uh, they may need that one-on-one relationship if you need to get the best from them. Uh, it needs that that one-on-one communication, not by text, not by email, but in a real-life person-to-person conversation. And that takes a really um, tuned-in leader to understand that, right? You know, like you've got to know yeah. your people and know, okay, well, this person, I know they're introverted, they love to work from home, they love to, yeah, yeah. you know, get on the phone rather than, you know, get it, get face-to-face. Um, yeah. And they're very direct in their communication. Like yeah. when you pick up all those cues, it actually gives you that leverage to know how to communicate with them better and get the best out of them. Exactly, exactly. And, and often you'll find that, some of your best technical professionals mm. uh, in, in any environment, they're often more introverted because that they like to spend more time with things and studying things and people. Mm. Uh, so you can get some really unique insights from them when you learn to crack them uh, in terms of conversation. And when you do, uh, they'll be loyal forever mm. Mm. because they have very few one-on-one relationships and the ones they do have, they're very loyal to them and they're much deeper, whereas the extroverts tend to have like lots a lot more relationships <laughs> but not quite as deep as the yeah. introverts. Yeah. So they're harder to crack at first, but the treasure in their minds, in their in their hearts is often worth the worth the trouble or worth the mm. worth trying, yeah. if you like. Uh, from a from a like a personality perspective, which is obviously important to look at. Mm. Uh, so you want to talk about steps. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, like I've I've spoken to you about, you know, what I've picked up through all of yeah. the hundreds of conversations I've had through podcasts. Like I've spoken to yeah. so many people around the world 
and learnt so much and been so blessed to connect with so many amazing humans around the world. And there's been a few things I've picked up along the way, you know, that I've taken with me that I can go, hmm, if I want to have a really connected conversation, these are the kind of things I need to do. And this is the formula that I've kind of developed. But I'm really curious because you this is where you and I are in the same boat and we're going, yeah, yeah like we know what this is. I want yeah. to hear it from you. Like what 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 works for you? Well, what works for me is uh, and, and what works for a, a lot of people that I've worked with. Let's, let's put, so it's more not just an opinion. Mm. It's something that I've, I've, I guess, road tested again and again yeah. and again. And uh, I've called them. I've called them six moments that matter, as opposed to steps, because they're not. I don't. I don't look at a conversation as something that's hugely structured mm. or has like steps in it. I, I like the moments and um, the leaders and listeners um, that we're talking to now would uh, be highly tuned to uh, when you are invested in a relationship with someone. You're very tuned into where they are and, and when these moments might take place. And the first of those moments takes place before you even start the conversation. And apart from the intentions we've just talked about, the first moment that really matters is uh, the moment when you decide on having a goal for the conversation. And it's going to fall into one of three different categories. It's either going to be your goal is to change how they're feeling. Uh, They could be feeling uncertain, unsure, risk-averse, for example, and your goal would be to help them feel more comfortable with, with a change or a program or an approach. Or it might be a thinking goal, like they they have a way of thinking about something that's not as advantageous as it could be. So your goal is to help them change how they're thinking, or it might be change what they're doing, that they're doing something that's not working as well as it could, and you want to introduce a new behaviour or a new way of working in a particular environment. So you're thinking, or it could be a combination of those. I could be wanting to change, get them more comfortable with a new way of working, because I've got both. So I've got that in mind, and with that in mind as a goal, I'm thinking, where are they now uh, before the conversation starts? And uh, where would where would it be useful for us both to be by the end of that conversation? Mm. And then the conversation becomes part of a, a, a longer commitment curve because it might be you, you might be a series of conversations or communications that is taking place between where it starts and where it, where is beneficial for it to end. So it starts with a goal, yeah. changing how they're thinking, changing how they're feeling. Uh, or changing what they're doing. Uh, that's where it starts. Uh, and it's interesting, people ask me about the feeling one. The, the feeling one, I think, is the most important. Mm. It's it's because I, I genuinely believe when people feel more comfortable with you, they're more willing to change what they're thinking and what they're doing. But if they don't feel comfortable, like they haven't got trust, or they, that they, they just don't feel right in that environment, it doesn't matter how good the idea is, they're going to be very reluctant to embrace it or embrace you as their leader. Mm. So the feeling, the feeling one, and even in personal relationships. I mean, I, I like mm. to see my uh, my mum on Saturday mornings. It's probably the best time of the week for me to catch up with her. Uh, and my goal, I think, yeah, what's my goal? I say, I just want mum to feel as treasured as possible when I'm with her. Mm. I only see her one morning a week, and I, I owe so much to her and her awesome um, mothering of me. I just want her to feel treasured, and and so. Uh, 
to to understand how grateful I am that you know she's my mom and, and what she did for me as I was growing up. So even those sorts of conversations or times, like what can I do to make her feel treasured? Mm. And you can ask yourself that question. And as we all know, that, that the, often your intentions and the questions you ask yourself, you'll get you'll get better answers. Yeah. It's better than asking no question. And a lot of the conversations just start with no goal. Mm. Like, well, where's it going? Well, I'm just want to catch up. We'll catch up with why. What, what what outcome are you after? Like it's what, and then you can get a much more a much more productive um, space to be. Then people will love talking to you, as I'm sure they love talking to you, <laughs> because it's valuable time. I I, I enjoy that that process. I feel understood. I feel respected. I feel cared for. I feel like I'm learning something. I feel like I'm going to change how I'm going to do something. That's that's really cool. And no yeah, doubt you're one you're one of those people, Pete, like me that hates small talk, like oh. people who are just filling the space. Because they can. <laughs> and I'm like, really? <laughs> We're going to talk about the weather? Really? Are we? Yeah. yeah. You really want to talk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just, they're, they're likely to be scared. There's something scaring them. There's something, that's what I feel. Mm. There's something that they're very vulnerable about, very scared about that. And they just, it's almost like a wall, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Yeah. A big mm. one. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome what, uh, what you can learn from conversations, as I'm sure you and your listeners would no mm. doubt know. And I, and, and I think one of the reasons why your podcast is so popular and why other podcasts are very popular is because uh, people love hearing great conversations mm. between mm. people. It's it's part of our DNA to to learn learn by conversations and, and and listening to how people are talking to each other. It's that's it's it's very cool. Uh, and I know we've cool. we've started talking about steps and goals and and all of that kind of thing. But and I know we've been talking about very workplace kind of focused conversations. But you know, when we get to family and we get to relationships, it can get a little bit tricky, right? You know, like yeah, when you've yeah. got to have those really challenging conversations, or you know, you've you've really got to put yourself out there and be quite courageous and brave, and and say yeah. things that you don't want to say. How do you face that? Wow, that, that's well. I, th- I think I think uh, family and relationships are a little different, but they're similar mm. for, me, for me. I think uh, I think in terms of um, a, a, like a, a partner relationship, um, what what I have found this took me a long time to learn. I was I was no quick learner in this in the space. What I found is. Um, Making my wife understand the level of commitment I have to her, uh, particularly when she's when she's being really challenging, <laughs> because because often often when she's being most most challenging to me, and I feel like she's pushing me away, she actually wants me to be closer. So I've just got to deepen the commitment and make her feel assured, make make her feel that I'm I'm here. I'm I'm not going anywhere. Mm. I'm here. I'm here in the storm. There's a storm all around us. I'm. I'm. I'm right here for it. Mm. Uh, and I also uh, learned a lot from John Gottman, who your listeners may have heard of. And he's uh, uh, he he looks at conversations too. That he's looking for the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like defensiveness and stonewalling, mm-hmm. criticism, contempt. And uh, I'm very mindful of sounding that way in a relationship. Uh, and uh, I'm very mindful of how that might be portrayed. Uh, that's on the romantic, what I call the romantic relationship mm-hmm. side. I think in terms of parenting, that's a whole different level. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole different level of. Um, but I can I can share a, 
uh, a conversation I had with with one of my daughters, of which mm. I've got three, mm-hmm. um, that that your listeners might resonate with. Uh, my uh, my youngest daughter, uh, four years ago, yeah, four years ago now, uh, she was fifteen, turning sixteen, and she was in a hole. She uh, had uh, an abusive relationship uh, with a boy. Uh, she was uh, smoking a packet of Marlboros a day. Uh, wow. She was uh, into all sorts of different drugs. She wasn't going to school. Her life was just a train wreck. Um, she put on a lot of weight. She wasn't eating properly. She wasn't sleeping. She she was just you know in a a bad as space as you can possibly be as a mm. as a sixteen year old. And uh, I was the one that had the best relationship with her. She'd actually listened to me, which is bizarre because <laughs> <laughs> my eldest daughter, <laughs> eldest daughter, not so much, but the youngest one, yeah, and. And we would. I thought. I thought. Well, the one thing I'm going to keep doing uh, with my daughter, uh, Belle, is just keep talking to her. Just keep listening to her, no matter how bad it sounds. And I, I wanted. I want her to. Uh, and I said, look, just be honest. Tell me what's happening. I need to know because I can help you. I was, I was, she was honest, and I was shocked by what she was telling me. But still, stayed in that, staying in the pocket, mm-hmm. as I call it, mm-hmm. staying in that space. Like, and again, similar uh, to my wife having. Uh, Having the courage, I guess, to stay in that space mm. and not be judgmental, not be dictating, just stay in the space and make her feel loved. And uh, this was the mistake I made. I made the mistake of thinking if I love her enough, she will turn around, right? Mm. Love, 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 love. Uh, what, I, what I didn't realise, that that's, that was only like halfway there. That's a Bon Jovi song, isn't it? Be halfway there with him. <laughs> that's <laughs> it. <laughs> I was only, for those listeners that remember the Bon Jovi, uh, I was only halfway there. What I realised was it wasn't so much how much I loved her but how much she loved herself. Mm. And uh, one night in the kitchen we'd had dinner and we're uh, just chatting and I said, uh, Bill, no matter what happens, uh, just remember you're enough. Like you're, you're you're big enough, you're strong enough, you're bright enough. You're, you're enough to deal with any of this shit that's happening in your life. Uh, and that became our catch cry, uh, you're enough. And in her HSC year, she started a little business called You're Enough, like N-U-F-F, and was selling clothes to, she thought, to teenagers. It ended up being the mums that bought them, like T-shirts and sweatshirts, just but enough for it, not enough, like you're enough. And uh, she used the proceeds of the business to uh, to support a, uh, a teenager's uh, charity here called Petir who support uh, young women that have got self-esteem issues mm-hmm. and help them to retell their story. And uh, that was, I guess, a conversation that continued mm-hmm. with those intentions, the care, the love, to change how she feels. But there needs to be a contribution from them too that we need to help them change how they feel, not just us tell them how we feel. It, it's... And it was a huge learning for me because I work in the corporate space, mm. and it was a huge learning. I took, I took, uh, well, over a year, yeah, over a year. And now she's, she took, she took a year off school, but she finished her HSC. She's now at university, uh, and she's got an awesome uh, partner uh, who's an engineering student, uh, and she's really happy, and she's in a really great space uh, because she she realised that she was enough. And that 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 message was enough, I guess. Uh, but it took us a while to get there. We couldn't just walk in with the solution. It doesn't work like that. 
You've got to build the relationship first and then Pete, the solution how, emerges. Pete, how does it feel for you when you see those those shirts and, and what she's done and what she's produced oh, just by that oh, message that you've given her? Oh, it's. I, I, I think I just think like mission accomplished. I, I think that is. Uh, That's that amplification. Of, of, like it's gone beyond you, gone beyond her. It, it is. And, yeah, it's her. It's and, and it's it's makes me. It, it's beyond proud. Proud sounds to me like it, like it's got too much ego in it. Yeah. It's 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 not so much pride. It's more like wow, this is real contentment. This is really yeah. This is a real achievement. And of all the all the things you achieve, I think the things you achieve in relationships like that are the things that really stay with you. Mm. And to to be with her on that journey, and rather than saying I did it for you, it's more you did it. And I was like on I was the guide on the side. I wasn't like the I wasn't the main person. As I remember working with uh at Ogilvy and May the advertising many years ago, and they had this great saying from David Ogilvy. He said, never get caught between the footlights and the client. Like never get caught between mm. your client and, and the lights. The lights are always on the client, never on you. Yeah. And it's, I think it's similar in parenting. It's you gotta keep the light on them. Not in a like build up their egos, but more. Uh, help them build that really healthy self-esteem, which my daughter Belle has now, and it's it's really tricky for the kids. It's and it's it's much trickier being a parent now, I think. And it's also being in the right like in the right place in the universe of where you need to be, right? So you're yeah, there yeah. guiding her on that path. And the universe knows that that's the exact right place for you to be. It's the exact right place for her to be. She had to go yeah. through that breakage or that pain for you to then yeah. open up the light and show her. So yeah. Yeah. really that in itself was all meant to be. It, it, it might have been shit yeah. at the time, but it was all meant to be. <laughs> yeah, and most of the great people I know, I've, I've been fortunate to meet some awesome individuals uh, over the years. Most of them have had some fairly serious tragedies, mm. issues, like something, I wouldn't say catastrophic, but something quite uh, uh, significant mm. happened in their lives. And it, it seems to just, it, it just scrapes off all the varnish. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just you get to meet a real person, mm. uh, a lot more genuine, a lot realer, and they're on a, a, in a different space. I actually, um, you know, it's funny. I was watching a documentary this afternoon uh, with Jane Goodall. You know, um, Jane Goodall uh, with the she did a lot of work with the environment and and chimps and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Anyway, she was talking about how everyone on the earth has a purpose. They might not see it, but it'll show up. Everyone has an impact on this earth, but yeah. it's how you become aware and awake to what that is. And what you've just yeah. said there is exactly that. It's exactly that. Yeah. You're here to spread that message and make that change. Yeah, and and with with that person, and often you don't know, you don't know who or where or what mm. it's going to be. Mm. Uh, and it's 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 interesting how how it, how it emerges, and it's really interesting. Uh, one of the biggest learnings I've had Bindi over the years in working with people is to let the learning emerge, mm-hmm. like let the relationship emerge and not force it. Yep. Otherwise it's like you're selling something to somebody or you're forcing something on yep. them. It's letting it emerge and if it's right for them, they will recognise that that it's right. It'll feel right. They'll, and if it's not, it's not. And you, there's no amount of pushing that's going to make that make that happen. And it also reminds me of what um, Carl Jung suggested all those years ago 
when he fathered modern uh, psychology and he said there's a I love this quote he said there's an inner self that beckons you on a call to adventure so that there's a part of you that's beckoning you on your adventure, and only you know what that adventure is. Only you can hear that call. I can't hear it. I can't hear my daughter's. I don't hear my daughter's call. Uh, uh, I can help her listen to her call, but I can't. I can't give her give it to her. Uh, and it's and then when it does happen, and and she recognised how strong she really was, and the resources that she had in herself, because she'd lost all faith in herself. She didn't think she was any good. She was worthless. She was not. Everything you could think of, you know, mm. all these tick, 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 self-esteem points. Mm. And she was, hey, you know, I'm okay. And, and now she's in a great relationship. She's really healthy. She's back on track. Uh, and uh, it's I'm really proud of her. It's really cool to have her as my daughter. Well, Pete, yeah. please give our love to Belle. And she is so <laughs> lucky to have you as a dad. Can I just say? Um, but you know, <laughs> and, and, and she'll say, and she'll say that. I'm lucky coming here as a daughter. <laughs> Absolutely, right? <laughs> you know, one can't go without the other. Um, I think I think I might have blown up that balloon a bit too big. I think I might sort of have to deflate it a bit. You know? She's going to listen <laughs> to this, don't you worry. Um, <laughs> oh, Pete, look, I could sit and talk with you all day and night, and um, I, I reckon one day we probably will. Um, but um, if people want to get in touch with you and find out more about what you do, where can they go? Yeah. Uh, they can go to peteranthonyconsulting.com, which is my website, or they can have a look at my book, Collaboradabra, which rhymes with abracadabra, hence magic. Collaboradabra, the magic of the collaborative conversations. So you can find that on Amazon. Or just find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm there on LinkedIn. Connect with me there. Uh, I've got a lot of content in the, on there too. And I'd, I'd love to, if somebody wants to reach out, I'd love to talk and see uh, how we can collaborate. Yeah. That's how it works. And it's always good talking to an Aussie, can I just say, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I think so. I like hearing an Australian voice. I've been working so much with US and UK. Same. (laughs) Both hearing Australians. Good to have someone from home. Now, Pete, I've got the last big question for you. What's the change you'd like to see in the world and how can we bring it to life? I well, that's a that's an easy one for me. I, I would I would like us to uh, talk more, mm-hmm. uh, person to person, uh, with a with a goal of uh, us both making uh, ourselves or the world. No matter how big that world is, the world could be your street, your household. Mm-hmm. Make your world uh, a, a more worthwhile place, and that will build better relationships, and that's going to make everyone happier. That's. That would be my message. That's that's my mission. Mm. And I absolutely love that. But one thing that's been sitting in the back of the mi- back of my mind as we've been talking is yeah. one thing. You know, when we communicate nowadays, a lot of people are all about the talking and not about the listening. Yeah. And I want to just get a take from you on how important it is to shut up and listen. <laughs> Shut up and listen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, if you look at the that collaborative approach, um, the fourth step's the biggest, which is understanding, which is about understanding how they're thinking and feeling right now. And it's about understanding uh, if you're talking about a decision, understanding how they make a decision, what sort of criteria they're using, what those criteria mean. Uh, and what they want to avoid, and that requires a lot of great questions and a lot of understanding rather than talking. And 
collaboration is an understanding skill. Understanding how to collaborate with this person requires asking questions and listening intelligently to the answers. Uh, and uh, that's the secret sauce, if you like, uh, rather than talking or telling somebody something, which is more selling, which we all know mm-hmm. doesn't work. So absolutely. And it's surprising what you'll know. And it's interesting too, what I found is that if, if uh, you're willing and able to listen and invest in, in them by asking them questions and listening intelligently to the answers, they're more willing and able to adjust their thinking to suit something else that you might recommend to them. But you've got to go first, uh, which is I think what Stephen Covey said something similar when he said, in, you know, seek first to understand before seeking mm. to be understood. And that is so true. You've got to understand where they are and be willing to invest that time, that energy, that effort, that emotion, that care into understanding them and helping them understand themselves. And then you can potentially be understood. But that's got to go first. And that's all about listening, not about telling. You can't tell somebody how they think or feel. You can try it. I could try telling you, Bibi, how you're feeling and how you're thinking, but it wouldn't get me very far. You'll be bloody wrong, I can tell you that, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And it's much more interesting to find out because I I can find out how you're thinking and how you're feeling. That's that's really interesting. I I meet some extraordinarily interesting people and I love learning that. Wow, that's a really interesting perspective. I never would have thought of it like that. Mm. It's bizarre. I was was working with some guys that – uh, a few years ago in Egypt that were that were running this huge cargo company, and they're all ex-captains um, of cargo ships, and they were interested in how they could knock a car down into a box and transport it around the world. And and in the morning tea breaks, this is in Cairo, right, mm-hmm. in the workshop, they're drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> I could not drink whiskey and, <laughs> and survive. Like proper, not, not mm, whiskey, yeah. whiskey and ice, mm-hmm. smoking cigars. Yeah. I think this is this is really interesting. They're curious people. They hang around. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and you so know, definitely listen, Pete. I think I explained to you last time we spoke that um, I've been working on some writing around, um, you know, conscious conversations and and courageous conversations. And um, one of the things that recently came to me through my writing, and this is where my psychic superpowers come into play. Um, Nearly a year ago, I think it was, um, I got a download to create a T-shirt, right, that was a traffic light. Okay, so think of a traffic light and it had the three words based on the three colours. So it was listen, feel, know. So I created that T-shirt and there's a whole big meaning behind it, but it all relates back to these conscious conversations that we're having because you got to listen, you got to feel, and then you'll know exactly where you got to go on this path and what decisions yeah. you need to make, which all comes back to your intuition. I only had this realisation yeah. a couple of weeks ago and I just went, oh, that was why I created the T-shirts. I still got a bunch here if like anybody it. wants one, hit me up on Etsy. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I like it and I, I like the idea and one more thought for your listeners on listening uh, it's important to listen mm. until you disappear. Mm. Mm. So listen until you, like listen to your stuff, your views, your opinions, your knowledge. Yeah, you, you're disappearing completely, and you're it's not about you're you. Completely yeah. invested in them. Yeah, and and they're going to feel that. They're going to feel when they're really being listened to. Mm. Uh, as we all know, when someone's genuinely listening to us and they're with us, and when they're not, yep, uh, you feel it. Mm. And something changes when you commit like that. It's it's a whole different level of relationship, and that's when the magic starts to happen. Mm. Uh, 
You aren't there anymore. You're just you've disappeared. And that's what happens to me in this podcast, Pete. Seriously, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I can still see you, Mindy. Still I'm there. still here, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Oh, what a blessing it is to spend time with you, Pete. Thank you so much for being a part of the Ethical Evolution. It's been great speaking with you, Bindi, and I hope the listeners have got some value from our conversation tonight. Thanks for listening to the Ethical Evolution podcast. If you're ready to be the change and would love to work with me on finding your voice through spiritual coaching or creating your own podcast with impact, visit ethicalchangeagency.com. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.